Welcome to Ideas with Lex, a podcast to help you become that go-to person who can think on their feet or even invent that side hustle project that brings in cash and kudos. G'day, Nils Vesk from Ideas with Legs. I am super excited about this session, which is all about how to reinvent your message. Now, as a professional keynote speaker, I speak in conferences and workshops and training programs all around the world, often with audiences in capacity of over 3,000 people. So you might think, oh, I'm an expert at inventing messages. Well, I don't necessarily think that's true, but there was a time when I kind of sucked at reinventing my message. So if we could go all the way back in time to 2012, it was a very, very cold winter's day in Australia, and I turned up to deliver a keynote. And I was absolutely pumped, but I was extremely nervous at the same time. I could feel that prickly sweat going down the back of my spine. I had that tension, sort of that nervous tension. Anyway, I got up and I was almost keen to deliver and I looked around the room and in the room was every type of potential client you could dream of if you're a professional speaker. There were CEOs, there were HR managers, there were L&D managers, there were conference managers and there were even speakers bureaus. Now despite the opportunity and the nerves, I got up and I delivered with everything I had. And pretty soon, the crowd started to warm up. I could hear some cackles, I could hear some giggles and I could see heads nodding in agreement. And finally, at the end of the session, I got a rounding rock star applause. At least in my, mind, in my mind, I felt like I'd rocked. But unbeknownst to me, at the back of the room was a fellow keynote speaker who was talking that day as well. And my mate asked him, he said, hey, Darren, how do you think Nils went? And he goes, ah, when's he gonna talk about something new? He's always doing the same stuff. And when I heard those comments that were relayed back to me many, many hours later, I went in an instant, I went from hero down to zero. And the reality was though, the guy was totally on the money. He was right. I'd been polishing and shining up a message that I'd been sharing for quite a while. And in that moment, it put me in a real pickle because I realized that what an irony of expertise, an innovation guy who's not innovating around his message. And the cool thing is, is that from that very, very, that one day, there's so many years ago, I've made it an absolute focus and priority of mine to go out, out of my way to reinvent messages, not just for the sake of it, to make sure that I can create a better, uh, say return of investment, better learning transfer, and most importantly, to make sure that people actually do stuff with the messages that I'm sharing with them. And today, I wanted to unpack and share with you some of, I guess you could call them, the innovation techniques that I work with clients to help invent new products, processes, and services around the world, and adapt those techniques to apply them to your message. So let's get stuck into it. When I think about what is it that enables people to stand out better than others, it's usually down to the insights that they have with them. So whenever we start a program and whenever we're doing some innovation work with a client, we always start off with developing an insight. And if you're wondering what an insight is, an insight simply is, I guess I'd probably describe it as either a need, a desire, 
an aversion or a frustration, or an emerging trend that up until now, no one has either capitalized on, or they haven't discovered the value of utilizing that insight. And I always say, I'm not a fisherman, but I love when fish, professional fishermen go fishing, they use depth sounders. And depth sounders don't catch fish for you. So let's think fish as being the innovation. But what the depth sounder does do is it goes, this is where there is a school of fish. And insight generation is just like that. At the end of the day, what we need to know is where and what exactly is our audience looking for? Because if we have the world's best message, but it doesn't relate to them, if it's not memorable or meaningful and relevant to them, they're gonna switch off. We don't get no return of investment and we get no learning transfer, or we don't get to convince people to buy our new product or service. So insights lead to ideas, which lead to great prototypes and into innovation. Okay, so you might think, well, how can I generate some insights? And a good way of thinking about insights, I often talk about four words, FOMO, LOCO, ROMEO, and Pinocchio. And so uh, what this FOMO is, you can imagine someone going like, oh my God, I, I, I really want that. FOMO is fear of missing out, if you haven't heard the acronym before. And so when we think about FOMO from an insight perspective, often clients are always looking for what's that next big thing. I don't want to miss out on the next big trend, the next big disruption, the next new technology gadget or software or whatever it might be. So that's one of the areas where we can look for creating a great insight. Now, when it comes to a message, we might think, well, what's an emerging trend that we could be talking about? What's an emerging thought leadership topic? What's an emerging hot speaking trend that we could talk about? FOMO. Okay, then we have loco. Como esta? Tu eres loco. So loco means crazy in Spanish. Uh, and what that basically means in our perspective from a client is what is it that makes them go a little bit crazy? What is it that keeps them up at night? What is it that you know gets their blood boiling? Why do they get angry? What are they frustrated about? So for example, in an, well, I guess a, a message context, a, a client might be annoyed that people get bored um, at an event or that they do nothing after an event because the message is so boring. So how can you deal with that one? Local. Then we have Romeo and Romeo, as Shakespeare once said, it's all about how can we express or pick up on what a desire or a love affair for our client might be. What would they love to happen or what would they love to experience? Uh, again, say for example, in a audience that you're speaking to, they might love the idea of being able to get up and speak in front of hundreds or thousands of people as well. That might be a secret desire of theirs. Or a secret desire of theirs might be able to go home at 5 p.m. at the end of every day rather than having to work until 6 or 7 or 8 or 9 p.m. at night. What is their Romeo desire? And then we have Pinocchio. So the Pinocchio is what is the lie that they might be having or saying to themselves or saying to other people? And if you can identify that, you've got a great opportunity in 
where you can innovate. So for example, a Pinocchio for one customer or one or, you know, one client might be, oh, you know, our, our, te our team is really engaged. And yet, if you really looked between the cracks, you might find that their team has one of the lowest engagement scores around and they really, you know, need to work on it. Quite often, when you're thinking about what the Pinocchio is, it's something that people know about, but it's unspoken. So it's known but unspoken and they're sort of a little bit embarrassed about it. They don't necessarily want to talk about it, but they would love it if you could solve it, but make them look like a hero as you go through that motion as well. So we have Loco, we, sorry, we have um, FOMO, Loco, Romeo and Pinocchio. And a good way to remember that if you want to do is imagine like FOMO pointing up there to what's coming up next. Bit of a twirl around the head for Loco, hand on the heart there for Romeo and then pulling the nose for Pinocchio. I know it's simple, but it really does work to help you get those techniques. So let's come back to this concept then of let's look at FOMO. Now, I, I, what I'm sharing with some of you, so I'm, we're gonna share with all of you, you can pick up a trends chart that I've got here called, I, if you go to ideaswithlegs.com forward slash free. And on here, I've got a little bit of a PDF that's gonna cover up all of the up and coming thought leadership trends and I guess you could call them hot speaking trends that are happening around the place. And the reason why these trends are really good to know about is not so much that you have to create a speech or a message that relates to it, but it just to give, it's just to give you an example of what is an emerging trend or a topic that you could talk about. And also at that page, ideaswithlegs.com forward slash free, you'll find a whole mega trends pack with I think eight or nine trends charts that will cover everything from socio-cultural trends, technological and scientific trends, economic, environmental, political, customer experience trends, people trends. Ah, there's so many trends out there, but it can really help for you when you're thinking about pitching, thinking about that FOMO piece. So I'll leave that for you to explore in your own time. All right, enough about FOMO and insights. So we've got insights. Well, what do we do next? When we work with a client, we always go, okay, so we've got an insight. This is where we wanna apply our innovative thinking. Now it's all about ideas. Insights lead to ideas, which lead to prototypes, which lead to commercial products. And one of the things that we always use with our clients, even though it might not sound that innovative, is that we use prompts prompting tools to help people think of something new. So if I was to ask you a question, what's the first thought when I say the word fire truck to you? I don't know what it is, I can't read minds, but it could be fire, you might think of fire engine, you might think of, of helmets, you might think of the color red uh, or flames, um, and, but we have no problems responding to a stimulus. And so the same is what we do when we use a prompt. And I wanna look at some ways that we can use a word prompt to create some powerful messages. And so we're gonna use what we would call words that work. Now I'm not a wordsmith expert, I'm not a communications expert, but I did come across a great book a good couple of years ago by a guy called Dr. Frank Luntz. And he wrote a book called Words That Work. And essentially in his book, what he did was he looked at all of the a series of political campaigns that have gone in presidential elections in the US and advertising campaigns, marketing campaigns. And based on all of them, he said, right, here are the 21 key words 
for this generation that people will respond positively to. Meaning, if you want to get a positive impact from your message, these words can work. And so what I've done is I've used some of his words, adapted them, and then also added a few other words to help you think of some other ways of communicating and making your message a little bit stronger. So let me give you an example. I'm going to kind of riff from some of these key words and make something up. Um, so let's go. So with your smart audience, what they're looking for is a stress-free, quick way of overcoming some of the obstacles and pain points that their customers have. And if we can create a hassle-free way of doing this and create a can-do spirit, then essentially what we can create is a can-do culture that is customer-centric that ends up creating high-performance results. Now, for those of you who are listening and not necessarily watching, what I've just shared are some of the key words that were listed down on these words from work. So you can kind of get a, a sense that if you can pick the right words, I know I just made that up, but when you pick the right words, you can have more impact rather than just waffling on with any other word that comes to you. There are words that people will listen to more than others. So please make sure you check it out, words that work, um, either the book by Dr. Frank Luntz or check out our summary packet. You can get at ideaswithlegs.com forward slash free because prompts really do work. Okay, so if we can help to prompt new messages by using good words, we can also prompt emotion to get people to connect more to our messages. Now, emotion is really, really important. One, it's one of the biggest factors that we use when our purchasing decision, so whether we're gonna buy a new gadget, new product, a new service, or a new, you know, new process or something, emotion plays a huge role in that decision-making stage. The other thing is that what emotion does, it helps to strengthen the synaptic connections in our brain. So right now, because you're learning something new, you've more or less doubled the number of neurons in a certain part of your brain. I think it was the Nobel Laureate Candel in 2000 that realized that when we learn something new, we actually double the number of synaptic connections in a certain part of our brain. That means we are changing our brain. When we add layer and layer of emotion, whether that's from emotional words or pictures or stories, what we do is we strengthen, it's almost like we hardwire those synaptic connections. And you know, if I was just to ask you, where were you, um, you know, uh, on, a, on a particular day, um, you know, seven, no, I was about to say seven, 11, that would be disrespectful. But if you can imagine where you were uh, when, when the Twin Towers went down, you would know exactly where you were because there was so much emotion laden with that. That's why emotion is a really powerful tool that we can use. So let's look at some potential uh, prompts that we can have for creating emotion. One of the simplest ways we can do this is to get better with sharing our stories. Now, it's no surprise that when I started this little session today, this episode, I shared a story. Because stories you can never get wrong, especially if it's your story, but more importantly, story enables people to imagine things. Uh, you could start a story with something of a, a shock. You could start a story and then create a gap and then come back to it, which is what we call creating an open loop. Uh, you might do something where you share a story of transformation or a pain, going from hero to zero or from zero to hero. You might talk about some of the benefits. You might create some pauses in there. You might create some, some ways of 
helping people understand that you know their world or use some directional language such as, I want you to imagine if you can, a world where blah, 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 blah. So there are a number of prompts that we can use to help strengthen our stories. That's one way that we can get some emotions going. Another way that we can do that is to look at humor. Uh, now, I'm not the world's funniest guy, but I do try when I can to add humor into my presentations. And it was an awesome a comedian and fellow keynote speaker in Australia by the name of Marty Wilson. He wrote a good book that I encourage you to check out called More Funny, More Money. And some of the things that he talks about in terms of how do you, in, I guess, add humor to your things are uh, concepts as the one, two, three methodology. As human beings, we are creatures of habit and we also love patterns. So we get used to sharing things often in threes. So you might say, there are three ways that we can achieve a healthy life. One is to exercise, two is to eat the right foods, and three, look after our mental health. Now, I'm just making that up now. But what comedians will do is they'll look at, there are three ways to, there are three ways you can improve your quality of life. One, exercise, two, Two, watch what you eat. Three, divorce your husband or wife. Bang. So it's like a little bit of a rail side. And um, you know, it's a, it's a train wreck happening there. So there's some of the ways, or that's one way that you can do it. Some other things that you can do is you can put some twists on metaphors or truisms. You might look at the absurdity of some of the sayings that we have. I was having a chat with my partner Anna the other day, and I said, oh, what about that concept of, you know, I'm going to push the envelope and straight away I was thinking about this envelope and going, ah, God, I'm going to push the envelope. And when you think about it, it's, it just takes no effort at all. But yeah, so you can take and make fun of things when we haven't really thought about them. It's about thinking about something in a new light. It's about challenging the way that we think. So please think about what are some of the ways that you can prompt more emotion by adding humor in your message or messages. Okay, um, what else? Well, sensory words. You might recall, you might recall at the start, I used some sensory words when I was talking about the type of day in winter in Australia. I spoke about chilly, I spoke about icy. These are sensory words that start to help activate more parts of the brain. So there's been some, a fair bit of research around that when we use sensory words, it activates more regions of the brain and it helps to strengthen the synaptic connections. Remember I spoke about before, emotions, when we have more of it, hardwire some of the connections and the messages that we have. So some of those words could be um, based on all of the senses. When we think, <coughs> excuse me, when we think of all of those senses, we have sight, sound, smell, touch, and taste. So uh, I'm just gonna, I guess, riff here again. So um, for those of you who are listening in, make sure you do check out our prompt sheet that you can get at ideaswithlegs.com forward slash free for some of the sensory prompts in our summary pack. So I'm gonna imagine creating a story just using some of these prompts. Mm, it was a gloomy, rainy winter's day when I got off the creaking, clickety-clackety tram in Melbourne. As I started to walk through the street, the rustling leaves um, blew past me, and I started to, to smell the, the pungent aroma of sweet, bitter coffee. 
and then I turned up to work. I'm just kind of making it up a little bit there. But you kind of get the idea. I'm just using sensory word after sensory word after sensory word. Now obviously there's a point where we go, I don't want to use too many words, but you get the idea of what I'm talking about. Some of those words start to evoke a different emotion. Even just the word coffee, um, you know, perfume, fragrance, slippery, sweet, uh, all of those words help to strengthen your message. So whenever you can, without going overboard like I just did, try to think about how you can use some sensory prompts to get more emotion happening in the brain. Okay, so we've spoken about prompts. The other thing that we can do is use tools to create more interest around our message. Um, often my clients come to us and they say, hey Nils, we, we need to do something better with this product. And I go, you're damn right you do, it's, it's not remarkable. And I often say that if your product process or service or business isn't remarkable, then it's not marketable. If someone can't give a positive remark about it or it doesn't make them think twice, they're not gonna to stop to buy it or tell people about it. So one of the ways when you think about messages, what we're trying to do is we're trying to stop people. We're trying to stop them just to grab a little bit of their mind share, to think of something in a different way than what they've thought of before, to make them smile, maybe to make them laugh, to maybe just think themselves, oh, I haven't thought of it like that before. Um, and so what we can do is we can puzzle the mind to arouse curiosity. Um, one simple way that we can do that is by using word art. And simply what word art is, is when we use the letters of a word and we arrange them in a graphic way, a creative, innovative graphic way to convey an image. Now here's the rule if you ever want to do this is that you can't use anything else other than the letters. You can kind of move the letters around. And if you take the time to check out our summary pack, you'll be able to see some of these word arts that we've got, like disruption, where all of the letters are jumbled around. Combination, where I've got a plus sign rather than a T to indicate about adding or combining something that hasn't been combined before. Or when we speak about innovation, we talk about how do you eliminate one of your core elements to create a new improved innovation and I've removed the eyes but left the dots of the eyes so you see this elimination. Little gaps like that, little puzzles, little graphic tools are what excite the eye and also get your mind thinking a little bit more. I, I remember there was a very good Australian road safety campaign in one of the states and they had a big poster with a male rooster on there and um, the words don't be a, and then they had this big picture of a rooster, and then down the bottom it said drive to survive. So if you don't get it yet, um, you have to think about what's a male rooster often called? A, C, letter word ending in C, K. So don't be a, ba, 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 drive to survive. So when people were driving, they'd see it, they'd think twice, and they go, ah, it's kind of clever, makes you think twice. So guys, um, I've shared with you a few techniques on ways that you can reinvent your message. But here's the thing, it's important that when we do look at reinventing message, we don't go back to that concept of where I was many years ago, where I was pretty much, let's use the language, polishing a turd. Something I'd been delivering over and over again. I hadn't reinvented the message. Feel free 
to go out there and challenge yourself, to look for something new, to, to, to break new ground and to share a message that you haven't done before. Yes, it's going to feel uncomfortable, but I can guarantee you once you do it once, then you can do it twice and three times. And when someone asks you to pitch or present about a topic or a project, you have no fear your confidence is much higher and you become the go-to person because people realize you are a go-to presenter. I hope that's been of value to you. Please, if you like what we're doing, um, do a like, do a share, or feel free to shoot us a question so we can come back with some more content to help you out next time. See you soon. So that's it from this episode, but be sure to subscribe for more strategies on how to turn ideas into income. And please rate and review us so that we can deliver the goods next time.